Hey, what's up? You're listening to Mac Talk on MacOnDemand.com, where you can hear raw, uncut, <laughs> sorry, that always makes me giggle, uh, and uncensored interviews with your faves from the entertainment industry. Just remember to get the full visual experience. Be sure to check out the links provided in the description. And yeah, enjoy the show. What's up? This is Mac on Demand, and I am joined with a very, very special person. You might know him from Dear White People, the Chadwick Journals, the multi-talented, the multifaceted actor, artist, model, Jamar Michael. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. How are you? Hi, people. Good. How are you? Good, good, good. Good. I am so excited to talk to you. Yeah. Because I have so many questions, and I'm very nosy. Ooh, good. So... I like answering questions. Also, um, <laughs> I don't know much about you other than I did my research, and I was trying to find things, and I couldn't find anything other than the fact that you are A, from Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then you're Scorpio. Yes. So happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. November 6th. <laughs> Do you buy into, like, the whole Zodiac thing? Um, you know... I take it with a grain of salt. I have the pattern. So, like, it'll tell me, like, daily things that, like, I'll read. And I'll take them for a grain yeah. of salt. But I don't check my, my like, horoscope daily. What's, like, one Scorpio trait that you think is, like, to, like down to the T, you? It really fits you. Lord. Uh, the passion that passion. Scorpios have with, like, all that they do. Like, when they really care about something, they're very passionate about it. Whether it's just, like, talking about it or just, like, doing it, it's, like, all in for Scorpio. So... I like that. I like that. Well, since I don't know much about you, I do want to start with maybe like a little game just to get the juices flowing. So I have a little game. Okay. Uh, Just so you know, get to know you. The people want to know you. Yes. You know? Yes. We see you on all the shows and we're like, get to know me, people. Yes. (laughs) Um, So just a few fill in the blank questions. Okay. Um, I will say a statement, the beginning part of it, and you can just finish it. Um, First thing that comes to mind, no judgment. Okay. Uh, We will still accept you here. Okay. Okay. Great. Alrighty, first up. Okay. The last thing I googled was... Mm, Oh, Lord. I don't even remember his name. The last thing I googled was some politician because someone related him to a Black Mirror episode. Daniel Cohen? Is that a person? I'm more interested in the Black Mirror episode. Which one it was? The one where he had to have sex with a pig. That one. They related him to, like, some politician. And I was looking up who he was and what he did. And I cannot (laughs) think of his name. But, yeah. It was that. (laughs) I know there's a Daniel Cohen. Like, no, it's not me. I I think it is. I think his name was Daniel Cohen. But I don't know. But someone related him to a tweet to the... Uh, you know how they're doing, like, I'm going to tell my kids that it was yes. this. They were like, I'm going to tell my kids that this was Daniel Cohen. And it was, like, that episode. And it, like, it was, like, a viral tweet that was, like, I love Black who is Black this? Black. What did he do? <laughs> I, need to, uh, I need to. Black Mirror's amazing, by the way. If you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. 
I'm obsessed. <laughs> I think I missed that episode. It's like the first. It's like in the first season, right? Yeah, like, it's like season one, episode one. See, I got caught up in strong. <laughs> Here we go. But yeah, that's the last thing I googled most recently. Okay. Uh, so I gotta look up Daniel Cohen now. I'm <laughs> I a little think afraid that's to. him. I'm I a little think that's his name. To. I couldn't really find anything other than he was like a UK politician, hmm. but. I don't know where to look to find his drum, his tea, so I don't know. There's always tea. <laughs> There's, always There's always tea, tea to be found. Somewhere. <laughs> uh, next up, if I were invisible for a day, I would. Ooh. If I were invisible for a day, I would walk around everywhere just butt-ass naked. Just naked, no clothes, no nothing. I would be on Santa Monica Pier doing my thing on the beach, going shopping. Okay. Like, I mean, you would have to. Yeah. You would be invisible, but the clothes I would, wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd have to sneak the clothes because then it would look like the clothes are floating in the air. But like, I would make, I would do some shit. I would fuck with some yeah. people. You would find, you would find a way. Mm-hmm. To, I would find to, a way to, to make it work. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Just running, frolicking around the city, naked. Sounds like a good time. Yes. But Sounds I just lovely. I would need to have a timer for how long my my uh, invisibility is on for. Okay. Because I don't want it to like turn off and I'm just like, you know, in the middle of like La Cienega and Beverly, just butt ass neck. Uh-huh. You know? Just for the whole world to see, Butterball naked, uh-huh. But yes. I think it would be fun just to walk around the city naked and no one can see you. That'd yeah. be fun. It sounds nice and uh, breezy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Right, like comfortable. <laughs> um, next one, people would be surprised to know that I am obsessed with. Ooh. I am obsessed with Supreme stickers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like collecting them. Huh. Not, and a lot of people collect like the bogos, but I like the ones that aren't the bogos. So I have like an entire booklet of Supreme stickers from like '98 to like now. Work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm obsessed. I'm not obsessed with the clothes. I'm obsessed with their stickers. Yeah. <laughs> Something we didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> That's the, it's like stamp collecting, but cooler. Yeah, I like it. yeah, I like it. it's like streetwear stamp collecting yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, almost done. Uh, next up is pettiest thing I've ever done is. Hmm. The pettiest thing. Pettiest, petty Betty. Ooh, I don't even. Petty Murphy. I don't even know, because honestly, I'm not as petty as I like to think I am. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I think I'm petty as hell, but I'm really not, because, like, when people do, like, petty shit to me, I just be like, that's petty. So, okay, did you get something out of that? Yeah. But I'm also here for other people's foolishness. So it's like... There's balance. That's, ba- that's what you call balance. You know? A well-rounded person. Because, like, I would say the most petty thing that I may, may have done is, like, make a post about something. Ooh. Or, like, Ooh. a Yelp review. Do you subtweet? I do subtweet. Is that petty? Ooh, it is a little bit, and I like it. I'm okay. bored. Okay. I do subtweet. <laughs> 
Uh, I will say that. So that's probably my my pettiness yeah. is subtweeting and making Yelp reviews, Yelp reviews, <laughs> and posts about folks if they need it. One star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely given a few one stars. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, uh, the name of my lifetime biopic would be. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Lifetime biopic. Lifetime. You know, it's it's like very Ooh. awkwardly casted, but it still it still works. Okay. Um. I don't know why, like, the title is similar to Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, but it'd be like, Confessions of an Intersectional Acrobat. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Where's that the acrobat like, coming from? I was in the circus for eight years. What? Yeah. Instead of sports, I was in the circus. I tried sports when I was younger, up until about 10. I tried baseball and soccer and. Uh, uh, basketball and football and I did basketball longest out of normal sports but about 11, 10 I joined the circus there's a circus school back in Minnesota and I did that for 8 years yeah I was flipping and doing all kinds of things and could tumble and holding three people standing on top of what? me. It was nuts. At 10? Not at 10. Okay. <laughs> this is when okay. I was like a teen. Like Child endangerment. 14, I was scared. 15, <laughs> 10, we were learning the ropes of, okay. you know, the basics. And then once we advanced, we were on the team. And the team was a lot of uh, the big performing acts that they would do in the summer. Show yeah. that in and of itself is a whole movie. Yeah, yeah, it actually just is. ten through. How long did it last for? Eight years. Eight years. So yeah. like ten to eighteen. That could be a show. That, honestly, that, yeah, that is a show. Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Netflix. I know you have to be watching because don't this is take your boy. my idea. <laughs> Or take it and cast them in, of course, like make or it something. A, a, Pay me a hit show. Pay me. I would want to watch that. It's so fucking kooky. <laughs> but it, it it's yeah. Oh, the interesting life. The drama in a circus school. There's tea. And lots of it. That's also a good title, too. <laughs> all of it. The, the, all of it. That's like a Bible of the tea. That's all of it. <laughs> all right. So. Okay, so you're from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Minneapolis, in a St. Paul. Circus. Yes. And you're from where, where in Minnesota? Minneapolis, St. Paul. Minneapolis, I have Paul. family in both of the Twin Cities. Okay, so. nice. Um, I also read that you went to school for performing arts. I did. And you went for two years because... In college. In college. So I, I, I went to a performing arts high school, which was St. Paul uh, Conservatory okay. for Performing Artists. I went for three years because I graduated a year early. I was, I was not Look at you. in high school, so I did what I had to do to get out of there. Yes. I was not a fan. I graduated in three years as well. I could not take it. No, I was no. like, I'm not doing four <laughs> years of this. This is weak. No. I'm not. Okay. And so I didn't. That is impressive though. <laughs> oh, thank you. I was like, the same for me. Um, the school thing, nah. Yeah. But I took my what would have been my senior year off and during that time I, you know, was madly in love. And my my boyfriend at the time was going to do uh, to, uh, what the fuck is he going? He's going to another school in fucking California. Oh, right. <laughs> but also, like I back my sophomore year, I was like 
I was in advanced classes, so like I was with seniors and juniors who were looking at colleges, so we had to spend a day looking at colleges. So I found CalArts and was like, if I want to go, I'm going to apply to here. Mm-hmm. So he was applying and was like, fuck it, I'm just going to apply to go to college too. And then did, and then got in, and then went. But I only went to CalArts for two years. I heard. That shit is expensive. That's, a, that's the reason why I heard. Yeah, no. Yes. Went for two years because I wanted to learn Shakespeare. Learned the first year how expensive it was. Then had to convince my co-signer to let me go a second year because it was Shakespeare and told him that as an actor, I feel like I should really need to know Shakespeare. Yeah. And he allowed me to go, which was great. Wow. So I went for my second year. And after that, I was like, if, any, if you're going to quit at any point, quit halfway. So... I quit halfway. <laughs> That's real, though. I, yeah, That's I was like, real. well, I mean, I could go for the one year, but I also never really had Shakespeare experience, so I might as well get that shit because you never know. Yeah. And what's crazy is I recently had an audition for a Romeo and Juliet version that they're doing, and I did really well because I knew Shakespeare. There you go. <laughs> I took two years to do it. Right. But, yeah, so I, I did that, and then I went home, which was, like, very scary because I didn't want to leave California. Going home was actually the best thing for me because when I went home, that's where they filmed my first ever movie, which was Dear White People. Really? Yeah, they filmed it in Minneapolis. Really? Yeah. So that's how I got cool. it. Yeah. No, I just thought it was so uh, amazing because I did read that, that you, you know, you did the school and then... I believe the direct quote was you attended for two years because you're not about that debt life, which I'm like, <laughs> I relate. I probably did a, say that. It was, a, it was a direct quote. It was, it was amazing. Not Phenomenal. about that debt life. Um, it's already high as hell. We don't need no more. No one needs We don't need no it. more. Sally Mae, please stop calling. We might as well have gone for four years for what it's at for half. So, I if that says enough, college ain't for everybody. It's definitely <laughs> It's also not not for the arts. <laughs> really, I'm it's sorry. Really not. I'm sorry, but the things that I did in college was great because it was me and eight other people. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome. But at the same time, you can do all of that in LA. Yeah, that's the only thing that was like. Mm. But. It's it was amazing. Like I've met some amazing friends. I wouldn't take it back for anything in the world. Like I don't regret going. I just wish that, you know, I was a little bit more knowledgeable of college in general and just you know, my profession, I guess, in general. Cuz you know, you see people from Juilliard making it right out of Juilliard. So you're like, yeah, yeah I should go to college or like people out of Yale being like you know, Lord killing it. You know, yeah. Lupita, for example. She's oh, straight yeah. out of Yale. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and then the new girl from who's now in Batgirl, she's plucked right out of Juilliard. So I was one of those kids yeah. thinking, okay, if I go to college, it's going to be on my resume. It's going to help me. No, doesn't yeah. help me at all. Doesn't help. So that's the only thing that I wish that... I knew about college was that for my profession, I don't, I didn't necessarily need it. Yeah. But I don't regret it at all because I'll be able to pay those loans back. I'm not worried about that. Like I know my time is coming. I know that that time is going to come with the income. So it's just all about 
patience and persistence and keeping myself motivated to keep going because I've already put in 10 plus years into this so there's like you gonna quit now <laughs> like you can't I don't feel that I can so it's just taking every day day by day just trying not to get ahead of myself but also learning patience and humility so nice yeah that's a word yeah that's that's so dope like the timeline is like amazing because you did this school thing and mm-hmm. you went back home and then I, I think for anyone who makes that bold move to you know go away from home and then to have to come back it's the scariest thing ever it's terrifying and then to have like the blessing of dear white people like yeah. that's so amazing and for me going home I literally had to tell myself this is a business trip. This is a business trip. You're going home for business, and you're right. going to come back to California. Because I did not want to get stuck back home. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest fear is that one year would turn into two years, would turn into five years, would turn into ten years, yeah. and I'm still here. Like, I couldn't do it. So, like, I feel like mentally preparing myself from leaving California with that mindset really helped me stay focused. Because yeah. I went home and treated it as a business trip because before I got home I hit up all of my old agents and was like hey I'm coming home I need to work send me out here's my new stuff cool so I went back home got a job I even hit up my old old jobs was like yo I'm coming home I need a job I hey. need a job so I hit up everybody and it was just like cool so then I eventually got my own apartment and really only had to like get be on my own for I want to say I went home in November of 2012, and by June of 2013, I'm filming a movie, and it's an indie movie at the time, but, like, that movie went on to Sundance the following year. And then got my ass to come out there that October. So I was really only home for like almost two years. Like not not even not even two years. It was almost because I had left that September 2014. So yeah, it, it helped me stay focused and keep me on track of like getting out of there. Because I didn't want to stay. Yeah. And, like, it was bothering me so much because I'm like, there's not enough opportunity. There's not enough opportunity. And, like, granted, I was doing big things back home, but it's Minnesota, so there's not that much. You know, yeah. I was doing professional theater, which was cool, and paying my bills. But it was like, I didn't want to do theater. I learned, because, like, I went back home because Minnesota's big for theater. And I learned doing my first real, like, professional show, getting actually paid for theater, like equity pay right i was like this is great but i don't want to do it Mm -hmm. i don't want to go through the rehearsal process i don't want to deal with okay you guys go sit in the hall while we figure this out theater acting is so hard too it's It's like so much harder than like it's like the hardest form of acting yes and i learned this past year that being an understudy is the hardest thing you could ever do I didn't even realize because I've never been an understudy. But this year, my friend was, uh, my friend Courtney Salt. She did a show, we did a show together called Mama Metal uh, with I Am a Theater. And, you know, I auditioned for it. And then they asked me to be an understudy. And at first, I was very scared because I was like, I don't really know what that means. But sure. (laughs) And with them, 
they have a guaranteed performance for understudies. And that's not the case for everything. So I, I didn't even know that till later, even though I think they did tell me and I just didn't pay attention. <laughs> um, so like, they're like, yeah, your understudy performance is coming up. And they're like, excuse me, what? I thought as understudies, we don't, we don't go on. And she's, <laughs> she's just like, oh no, you have a performance. At least one, you get one. And it's like, we're not going to have you do this for nothing. And I was like, oh, okay. So like That's different. Yes. <laughs> so you can go see the show. I saw that show. I want to say at least five to eight times and like was solidly watching the character that, you know, I was the understudy for. And you could watch it and think that you know all the parts until you get on that stage. And you're like, oh my God, what do I do? Where am I? How does this work? (laughs) And we ended up having to like push our understudy performance towards the end of the whole run. Because it was like closer to like the middle, beginning. Uh And then they were like, oh, they're not ready. Okay, yeah, we're going to push y'all and we're going to have to add some rehearsals because y'all are not in. Because <laughs> it was a lot of us, it was our first time, and we didn't really know what we were getting into. But being an understudy is the hardest thing I have ever done. But you hardest did that thing. shit, though. But I did you it. Did, you, I did it, the point. and we killed that it. That is immoral. So, gross. But that shit was hard. <laughs> um, it, we are filming this on Flashback Friday. Hey. Yes, this is Friday. FBF. Um, Sure, I have this in my in my photos. Hashtag because uh, we were talking about your journey and especially with your, I think your pretty much your breakthrough with your white people mm-hmm. and in that film and then later on of course to become a series. Um, but I did come across this particular uh, throwback of sorts. Okay, and again since it's Flashback Friday, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Ooh. I'll throw it up on the screen so you can see it. Yes, I can't. I can't wait for to. y'all to see this. You'll want to see it. Um, that that was when I actually first moved home. Is it? Yes, this was like I want to say this was like the February right after I went home because that came out like that October because I wasn't home. No, I was home for these when I, I saw them in the, in the store. But yeah, that shoot, I did like that wig. I did what? what I think I did like a sailor. I did another wig. I did like three, four different costumes that day. Oh, I have to find them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I have to find them too because I'm like, what else was I? Because I think that was one of my last costumes. Because I I remember them putting that star on, and that was towards the the eyeliner, the yeah, the fishnet vest. There's so many Mm -hmm. good elements here. Yes, yes. But I did like four different costume pieces, and these for a Halloween costume. Yeah, it's for Target. That is dope. Mm -hmm. Also, who doesn't love Target? Was that like one of your wildest like? gigs before having that, you know, breakthrough success success. Um or No, actually, no. I think the wildest one that I still have done to this day, which is still the coolest one I've done to this day in terms of a shoot, was the one that I did with Ed Freeman, where I was naked in a pool with like fifteen other people. We all look like mermaids. There are gonna be so really many people cool. looking that up. No, yeah, I think it's on my Insta. Um but it's, did I do the whole picture or did I do like the two? But yeah, I think I do have a picture of it on there somewhere. Right there. That one. Oh, that is beautiful. I see a whole lot of ass. Mm hmm. Right this there. is pretty. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's probably the coolest shoot that I've ever done in my life. And also, the one that was the most painful. Because that chlorine, with opening your eyes for hours... Oh, you're underwater. You're underwater. Butt-ass naked. Yes. Butt-ass naked. I'm getting goosebumps. (laughs) It was nerve-wracking for, like, the first five minutes. But after that, everybody's naked there. And it's a closed set. So it was just like... Everyone was just naked. They had ropes for us. So, like, a lot of us would just hang out in the pool and the shallow end because they were filming in the deep end. So he would just be switching people out. Oh. And what was crazy is the photographer, he's an older gentleman, but that man can hold his damn breath. I want to say he can hold his breath for at least two minutes. He had to wear a weighted vest so he could go to the bottom of the deep end because there was also a mirror at the bottom of it that we were, like, playing with. Oh, and that's pretty. he just sat at the bottom, and he's like, he's like, I'm going to go, and then you just keep coming back. You go up for air and come right back down that as many dangerous. times as you can. They had to pull <laughs> him up a couple of times because he would just sit down there because he was just, because he could hold his breath that well, but... The people were like worried about him that they would pull him up sometimes. Like, okay, you gotta come up, it's too long. But he would just sit at the bottom and just be taking pictures like underwater, and we would come up and be like, <sighs> That is insane. Pose, do all this shit, and come back up. <sighs> because we're trying to hurry up because we know he's down there, so we're trying to like give him time to come up right. if he needs to, trying to get as many shots as we can, and it was cool. Very dangerous, but it was cool. <laughs> I think that's the first yeah. time I'm speechless. There we go. <laughs> I want to talk about chat with journals. Yeah. Uh, you play Orin. I do. Orin. And um, with that show being such a, such a, I think just a great, just body of work. Yes. Uh, Quincy we, and DeAndre are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Just incredible. Really uh, mapping out so many different stories of of these people of color who are gay and just I, I want to know um, are there any particular experiences or uh, topics on the show uh, that you feel like you personally related to being an out man? Um, for me, it was. I know for me, it it I've dealt with other guys who you know weren't out or weren't uh, accepted by their family mm. um, my f- my first like real boyfriend because you know I had my coming out boyfriend and then I had like my real boyfriend if that makes sense I know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> the person that you get with before anyone else knows and that's yeah. the kind of person that kind of pushes you to do it yeah and then, and then, like, then you're like come out right. and then you guys <laughs> then you come out and you're a couple and you're only a couple for like three months and then yes. that's it you're like okay well, I'm out. I'm out now. Um, but yeah, so it was like it was like my relationship after that when I was like my first love, and yeah. like um, with him, I had to deal with his family meeting me, not knowing that we're together, to his mother finding the nudes in his phone that I sent him the night prior. Oh no! To being like, oh no, he's not allowed in my house anymore. When I've already been in the house for an hour picking up your son, she comes home and is like, oh no, he's not allowed in here. You guys aren't doing that in my house. I'm like, excuse me? You just loved me. (laughs) We just gave hugs the other day. Like, we had a whole conversation and now you hate me? (laughs) 
here we go. So, like, then I would just, I'd go and I'd pick him up from work, take him home so he could shower, get ready, and he would pack his bag and come stay with me for the weekend because I had my own place when yeah. I was a senior. He was a senior in high school and I would have been a senior, but I had my senior year off. Gotcha. So, like, I've dealt with parents knowing me to then not liking me to them eventually getting used to me and like liking me again because we got to that point before we like broke up but Mm -hmm. like his parents finally got it very acceptable and like he had a whole conversation with them and but yeah having to deal with that was like excuse me (laughs) but you like me why is this different because I love your son okay fuck it you're lucky I love him (laughs) but like I've had to deal with stuff like that before too so I could really relate it to my personal experiences playing Oren and you know with him I've I've definitely have struggled coming to terms with my sexuality as much as he did because he also is struggling with the fact that he's in love with this other man but doesn't know how to say it to the point that he's hurting himself and I've been there I I haven't quite hurt myself but you know I can understand like all those feelings of wanting to do that yeah you know so for me it was a lot of like just really like personalizing Oren mm-hmm. for myself just to be able to like give an authentic performance but also, like, I really cherished the work that DeAndre put in, in writing it. I thought his writing was brilliant. I thought it was beautiful. And I could really connect with it, even though it was, like, a lot of lines and, like, a short amount of time to learn. Yeah. It just it just flowed. Like, it was easy for me anyways. It was easy for me to memorize it because it was good writing. Yeah. And that's, like, one of the brilliant things that doesn't always happen on sets is like you could be on a set and you have to figure out how to make some okay writing really good but like when you have really good writing like I had on Chadwick it was easy and it just that allowed me to have a more in-depth performance I think yeah because there's been times even when I do like self-tapes I'm like this show is shit no but I still have to make this brilliant and that happens a lot, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, that's my job is to make shitty acting brilliant or shitty writing brilliant. Not acting, but you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's, that's, like that's just part of, of our job. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's crazy how I, I personally think how underrated a lot of actors are because mm-hmm. it's not necessarily in the writing. It's in the delivery. It's in the small little nuances that people don't really realize they're, that are being picked up mm-hmm. and make it what it is. Mm-hmm. And also, a lot of times, there are actors who ad-lib and improvise a lot and mm-hmm. people just talk it up to oh great writing great writing but no it's no, a lot of it's, it's like, a partnership yeah and like a lot of people don't don't realize that either is um is like yeah it is a partnership and yeah sometimes there's a whole collaboration to make it work because like sometimes what's on the paper might not work for the actors so then they have to make it work for them so it exactly. works for the camera oh. oh that's what i wanted to ask yes um speaking of the the uh make sure my mic's in there we go speaking of <laughs> uh you know 
being a, a man of color, be, being being a, 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 an out and proud man. Mm-hmm. Especially with, I, for me, I can only say with my experience, the gay community can be a very, uh, as so the rest of America, a very racist place. Yes. Um, where sometimes people only, uh, you know, they, they won't date you because you are black mm-hmm. or uh, they only you know, date you because you are, and they fetishize that idea of it. Mm-hmm. I want to know what has your experience been in that realm, and has it gotten better since being a public figure? Um, I definitely can say that I don't know if it's gotten better. I feel like I've just gotten more aware. Okay. I feel like when I was younger, like 18, I was going to the club at like 18 to 20. When I got 21, I stopped going because it wasn't as fun anymore. Yeah. I was like, I had a fake ID. So I was like, you know, it's fine. I'm in here to have fun. And like before, I never looked at, you know, or really even thought so much about the racism within the gay community because I didn't have that much experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think for me, it was having to realize that my experience is different than a lot of like my friends like for me i know that i can come off as passing mm. so whereas like some people just don't and they have a different experience which is usually a, m- a little bit more traumatic and so it's just like i had to recognize a little bit of privileges that i do have within my community even though you know i'm i'm still in an oppressed community, if that makes sense. Because, yeah. like, like, white gays still have their white privilege and they have their mm-hmm. male privilege. When it comes to, you know, black folks, it's like we deal with the colorism aspect and then also it's... How do I say this? It's one of those things where it's just like how like I feel like I've had to deal with a lot of my like interracial relationship too so it's one of those things of where like it's it's been a little bit different from my experience because like while I do have a lot of you know black gay friends I've also had a lot of black gay men leave like terrible comments like on post because I'm with the white guy or like I've had my mm. at the time I lost a best friend literally my best friend because we got into an argument because I was calling out when I was actually not even calling out I was calling out one of I was calling out the white gay drag community for using black folks as props on their stages I was calling it out yeah. I didn't call out anyone specific but because it was a close friend of his who he thought I was talking about, which he was using black folks as props, he just was. It's a few queens. They talked that. about it. Because yeah. like my friend was black and he told, he told this drag queen to do it. He was like, yeah. well, use the black people in, the, in, the, in our school. Because we didn't have that many black folks and he, they had like four black dancers in his class. So of course he got them. He's a white drag queen though. Mm-hmm. having a black man tell him to do it 
So yeah, it was one of those things where it was just like I was I was growing up noticing shit more and more, like especially on like RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm like, what the fuck? And then we have black queen queens who are calling the shit out on Twitter, and I agreed. Mm-hmm. And I get a call from him, and he's just so mad, saying that like you know what I'm saying is wrong, and this, that, and the third, and like how could you even speak about black issues when you're not even black, and like all this stuff that like. It just really hurt me because I'm like, you, it felt like he'd been wanting to say it for a long time and finally got an opportunity to say it, all that he's been feeling about me. And so, like, I had to cut him off. But for me, I just, like, it didn't feel fair that he felt as though he could take away from my experience because he didn't feel as though I've gone through X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? And for me, like, you know, I got into a relationship when I was 22. I've been with the same person for six years. Yes. Like, bro. Yeah. Like, come on now. Hold on real quick. How? (laughs) Tell tell everybody how that happens so we can learn. You know what's crazy (laughs) is... We were mutual friends with a photographer who we're still really good friends with to this day. Mm. And uh, he started buying started buying weed for me when I sold weed at one point. And hey. <laughs> we do. And so our other friend decided to pick up photography and needed some models. So okay. at the time it was he was best friends with him and I was just mutual friends with this guy, this other guy. Okay. And so it was like the so then, you know, there's two photographers and then me and my yeah. partner. Yeah. So the first photographer we all knew, plus the other photographer knew him too. So then the the new guy who was starting needed new models and decided to ask both of us and we did a shoot together worst photos ever they're terrible they're awful but (laughs) after that shoot we decided to hang out and we got to rapping and that's how it happened and but what's cool what I will say is that like he's my best friend like it's not it's not just like yeah we're dating or yeah I'm like into you like no I feel like he's like my friend who just so happens to be someone I'm in love with that's necessary which which makes the relationship that much better and like we've gone through a lot and I think that what's kept us together through all the shit that we've been through is that we both motivate each other to want to be better people in general for ourselves as well as for each other. Mm. Like we make each other want to be better and we both have dreams and aspirations and goals and things we want to do that we're always striving for. And I think if I didn't have someone in my life who had that same drive that I did yeah. who's also not in the industry that I'm in because I can't I can't that's I can't. important like I, I won't date an actor that's important. or director produ- I, no I'm not it's doing too that. much like almost competition in the same house yes no one needs yes that. nobody needs that but it's good that you have somebody who has the same drive because it helps pushes both of you yeah in the right exactly exactly is that we both have like we both want the most out of life and we both would like to do it together. Like, we both want to see each other succeed. And we both want to, like, t- 
take over the world together. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying about like this is my best friend. Yeah. Because it's it goes beyond just being like, oh yeah, no, we we met each other on Grinder and have just been dating or like we were set up with our friends. Like, I feel like you we were just hung me out right first. Now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Not <laughs> But like we we would hang out and just hang out as like friends first yeah. and like. Eventually, yeah, it started to get, like, romantic or whatever, but also, like, he was just cool people. I didn't feel like I had to, like, put on or be somebody I'm not because this person didn't like, I don't know, didn't like this about certain types of people and fear that I might be that type of person, I mean, act a certain way type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't, I don't feel like I have to do that with him. I feel like I can be silly and stupid and make dumb noises and like... That's important. It's so Be absolutely ridiculous and not feel any type of way about it. Like, I feel like I can be 1000% authentic in front of him and vice versa. So, like, that's what makes us, I feel, like, so compatible is that, like, not only are we, like, in love with each other, it's, like, we're actually best friends. And, like, that's, like, the best part of my relationship is that my best friend, my best best friend, I just so happen to be in love with. That's so fucking cute. Oh, thank you. But, yeah, like, that's the thing that I feel like people don't realize is that you want your partner to be your best fucking friend. You it's really do. Essential. It be- is. Because it's like we're we're about to be in twenty twenty. Like times are different now. Like people are not just there is not like a woman's role and a men's role or like how in the gay community they're like, okay, who's the boy and who's the girl? Uh as far as I knew, we were both, both men. Man. So what are you, you talking go. about? <laughs> I hate that question. I, I do hate too. That question with passion. Yeah. Um Oh, see, now you have to, like, get one of those, like, pictures from that photo shoot and just blow it up for an anniversary. <laughs> you have to do that and just hang it in your bedroom, like, it has to be like, as big as that What were y'all doing in this pic? We have that no idea. adorable. <laughs> and we had, like, crazy makeup on. He wanted to, like, put, like, this blue shadow and, like, crazy lips. And so, like, I think, like, he's, like, looking at my face and, like, has his tongue out. And I'm just, like, making this, like... Like weird face. I'm like, yeah. what am I doing? Blow it up. What are it. we doing? <laughs> Blow it up and frame it. I'm not kidding. I'm gonna fuck you. We have you. no chemistry on camera, <laughs> but we have but all like the chemistry that, in the world it'd be like that. in real life. <laughs> oh, okay. So you spoke a little bit about this. Um, I want to hit back to it for this question. You mentioned uh, passing. Um, okay. And in. Uh, Dear White People. Yes. Season three. Volume volume three. Yes. Um, We get a little bit uh, into your character and maybe a little bit of glimpse of where uh, his story is going. Mm -hmm. uh, Because from, spoiler alert, from the other characters, uh, at least most of the main characters, uh, they see you as as black. And then Mm -hmm. it is kind of hinted at that that may not be the racial identity that you... uh, Mm -hmm identify with Mm. you know uh we saw you speaking a little spanish Mm -hmm. um (laughs) i want to know just uh, watch it because it's really good check it Um, out please but just in the context (laughs) of that i want to know what do you think about the recent controversy and the and the basically the the topic of of people who are of the latinx community and uh and that whole bit being able to say the n-word and and being a part of that particular aspect 
of the larger community of people of color? I think it's it's always like a hard that's always like a hard topic of discussion yeah. because like there's people who look at me who think I shouldn't say it, mm-hmm. but I say it from time to time. That's how I grew up. Can't take away my experience, but yeah. I'm black. I don't say that I'm anything else. You know what I mean? Whereas there's like people who don't say that they're black at all and think that they can say it. Where mm-hmm. like, for example, like Gina Rodriguez. I'm so glad you said it. Like, <laughs> okay, girl, you wherever you grew up, you had friends who may have allowed you to say it, but at the same time, girl, you're not out here representing black folks at all. You're actually talking over black women when they express their concerns mm-hmm. within the world. You, she makes it a point to make it seem like Latina women have it worse off than black women. Mm-hmm. And that it's happened on multiple occasions. It's like she has an issue. But like her just being on her like Insta story talking about niggas giving human JBs. <laughs> Oh, do they? Sis. Like, it would be one thing if she was, if she was black. Yeah. You know, like Amara La Negra. Mm-hmm. She was on Love and Hip Hop talking about Veronica, what's her name? Veronica Vega. Yeah. Saying it. Calling her out, saying you shouldn't be saying that word. Like, it makes you look crazy. And she was very right. But then to have her being like, no, I yeah, agree with Gina Rodriguez China. that she should be able to say it or no one should say it. It's like, girl, you just, your whole storyline is based off of you getting on one girl for saying it. Make up your mind. And like, it's just, it's hard when you have, like, <clears throat> people who, who are on the lighter side, who grow up differently, but at, my thing is, like, if you're black, you're black, you say it, fine, but my, it comes to an issue when, like, people who feel like they've grown up in the hood can say it but also what bothers me is not every black person is from the hood so i don't understand why the hood or ghetto or ratch is always synonymous with black exactly when that's not true like we don't all grow up the same not everybody is born in the hood i've met plenty of white folks that are from the hood i know a lot of them they don't say nigga some do but they're not in my circle. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I don't fucks with them. I've seen it happen. And you'd be like, what the? Stay over there. You know what I mean? But, like, I just think that... Because <sighs> it can't be a thing of where we don't say it at all. Like, no one right, says it. Because right. there's, like, a... There is an aspect of community and, and shared... Uh, just be honest, struggle mm-hmm. and, and, and the uh, allowance to be able to say it mm-hmm. amongst our people. Right. Um, it's, a diff- it's a difficult topic. That's why yeah. I want to get your take. And, there, and like, you know, there's both sides of it. Yeah. Like, I, there's black folks who, like, don't say it and don't yeah. like to be called that. And mm-hmm. I respect that. And then there's black folks who, like, reclaim it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, like, their homies, like, my nigga, my nigga. Like, that's my song. You know what I'm saying? It's a very like, good song. It's a great song. <laughs> um, but um, 
it just it's hard when especially with like music it's just hard because it's, really it's hard just like you have our folks making music for us mm-hmm. But it's not just for us because there's other people listening. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like, it's not it's not hard for them to not say well, it. it's just that one word that's not for them. It's, it's just, just a one, one word. word. Everything but else then, is but then every But then you always have those people who are like, well, I have to be able to say it. You know what I mean? It's I may privilege. be white, but I need the privilege to yeah. say it. And like, it's just... It's one of those conversations where it's just like, if you're not black, don't say it. Yeah. For me, if you're not black, don't say it. If you're not, if you're like, if you're mixed and not represented by people, don't say it. That's fair. If you're, if you're, for me, like, if you're out here, like, talking about how, like, you're on both sides of, like, there's, I'm just... I'm trying, to say, I'm trying to say the right thing so it doesn't no, come get, off crazy. I get what you're saying. I think it, it goes back <laughs> to like what you said in plain, in plain, plain and simple. If you're not black, uh, there should be a, basically that unspoken understanding that you don't say it. And that in of itself goes back to know your history, know where you come from, know right. your own background, right. and know the history of everything. And if you're still okay with that and still know that you belong within that history, right. uh, to be able to say it, right. then, then go ahead and do as you please and make sure to in turn respect others. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's what my dad's always telling me. He's just like, I don't know, like, You've had family members ever tell you this, but he would always be like, You black crack and exact. That's all you ever gonna be. Excuse me, sir, what? (laughs) It was the way he said it, though. I'm gonna use that. But it was like, You black crack and exact. Yes. What does that mean? (laughs) I'm using it. I was just told. It was when I was younger, though, but I know what it means now, but I was just like, Yes, I'm black. (laughs) But what does the rest mean? See, I was just told you ain't gotta do nothing but stay black and die. That too, because he I, told me that too. <laughs> it was like those two, because like I used to call him, because like he lives in a different state, so like I call him when I like get upset and stuff. And he was like, "Boy, all you gotta do is stay black and die. That's it. Get your good grades and then go home, do your homework. Shit, you're doing too much." <laughs> my dad is my grandma's son for real, because she's the same way. Everything will be okay. You'll be all right. To everything, everything, any type of drama, too. you'll be okay. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. You'll be, you'll be okay. I'm this my grandmother. <laughs> and like, anytime oh. I call her out, she's like, "You can make it through." Yeah, you can, that's yeah. Just, that's the whole conversation. Mm-hmm. All two minutes. Yeah, of it. I will talk to my grandma <laughs> for like twenty minutes, just venting, and she's like, "That's all right. Yeah. Let them do that. That's okay. You'll be all right. Yeah, it's okay." <laughs> I'm like, "But you know what? It how is are you? <laughs> it is. It is. But right now." Right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to fight right now. She's like, no, no, you're all right. You're all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the crazy thing is, I can't believe you have people telling you like they don't feel like you should say like you like like you're not black. I don't get that. They're like you're not black enough to be able to like say it or like. And honestly, what's crazy is like it's kind of some shit that I deal with in the industry too. Because the industry is very visual. You know what I mean? So it's like, while I'm going out for a lot of roles where the character is black, the storyline is racial. So it wouldn't make that much sense if I were the 
person as a role. So I've had to deal with that over the years. And like, you know, for a while, like I was feeling like it was that, but I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. And my manager wasn't sure. But it wasn't until I got an agent where he, where I was like, yo, it's kind of slow. And I yeah. know a lot of my homies are going out. What's going on? And he's like, you know, to be honest, it's a lot of these roles are deal with a storyline that has to deal with race. So it's like casting just not buying you for some of the stuff. And I was like, ah. But what do you do? Like, the, like I had to be ignorant. Like, do you go and tan more? Like, what, like, what the hell the fuck do you like? What, honestly, what do you do with that? honestly, I, I, to this day, I don't know what to do. I just go in, I do the work, and I show up. That's all I can do. That's all I can do. Unless the role, and I, but I told, I told my agent and I told my manager, I was like, pull a Zendaya. If you see a role that says a white person, submit me for it. Hey. You know? It's yeah. just like, because like, I feel like when she said that, it's because it's like she recognizes that she can pass and mm-hmm. she's doing that whole movie about passing. Yeah. Um, but that like sometimes in Hollywood, they'll have like a mostly predominantly white cast and they're looking to diversify it up a little bit. So they might yeah. make one of those white characters different. Yeah. And it's safe because she's lighter. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I just said, listen, since I have the privilege, why not use it? Yeah, you, you got to play the game. It's like, yeah, and it's like, that's the that's the thing about it, where it's just like, it's unfortunate that it's like, damn, that's what I got to do to, like, get but, through this. But the issue is, isn't in, it's more so in the fact of the people who don't understand how many shades black comes in. That, that, Like, my, ne- my nephew so. is your color. Yeah. My nephew is your color, and he has two full black parents, my sister, mm-hmm. and uh, some light-skinned nigga. I don't know. <laughs> But um, and he yeah, and he both my out. parents are like your color, yeah. and he yeah. came out your color. Like, and mm-hmm. then my other nephew, who's he's he's half white, mm-hmm. um, so he he's he's damn near clear. But, um, <laughs> but no, he he looks fully white. But yeah. like, if you look at their features, if you look at different uh, you know attributes of phenotype, like they they read as black as yeah. well. Like, it, I think it's up to. And that's like when you, when people start getting into like when you start talking about when black people have blue eyes and green eyes, yeah. like just stuff like yes. that. Like people are like, no, that's not a thing. Like, yes, it's a thing, y'all. <laughs> like, but you uh. know, it's. I feel like the world is just not as educated, nor do they want to be. Hmm. You know, it's too much work, and people are already doing X, Y, and Z that they don't want to put in more work. You know what I mean? They don't want to be better. But that's why we need more of us. That's exactly why we need more Behind of the us. Scenes exactly. And, and, and making the making the decisions and doing. I also need for more black led shows and movies to not deal with slavery or police brutality. Thank you. That's the other thing that I need. Oh my god! Besides gosh, all fun. of that. I, I like that's what yes. it, it makes me tired when I have to go audition for this I'm like oh this is a black show or this is a black movie great and then I read it and I'm like slaves again I know but I just there's there's no there's no fucking way that the only thing black people are historically known for is being a motherfucking slave exactly. there's no way I'm not believing that I'm not believing that and that the only thing black people are capable to do 
is to fight with police or have or like a trial or get shot yeah. or like have something to do with like trauma porn like can we not please like this is why I'm so excited for movies like The Photograph or or um did something break? I heard I heard it did too. you hear it? I did it's like what was that? but yeah no like I, it's, that's why like things like Hunter's um, have you seen Hunters for Amazon? Mm-mm. About the black folks who go hunting Nazis? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's with Al Pacino and yeah, a whole, bunch, a whole bunch of people. Now. A whole bunch of people. It's amazing. It's amazing. But yeah, I, um, I be in the middle like of, of a good show and then they do a whole. See, I didn't do anything. But I be in the middle of like a really good show and then I hit um, an episode where it's like they did it on um, Family Reunion on Netflix mm-hmm. uh, and then they did a whole episode on police brutality like a few episodes on it and mm-hmm. I'm like ah it was so good it was just so fun and wholesome just let it be fun and wholesome right. like, I appreciate it, the story but like it, we don't we don't need that for every black everything. experience because also not every black person has experienced that yeah you know I feel like everyone can have like Something similar, maybe. Yeah. But not necessarily has everyone gone through what they're showing us in the media and what they're showing us in movies and TV. Like, yes, that's a big thing. I don't want to take away from it. But I would also just like to see black folks happy. Yes. Or black folks, you know, striving for a goal. Instead of like... Let us get the promotion. Right. Instead of like black folks trying to stay alive, (laughs) like... We all trying to stay alive, man. But there's more than the black experience is literally just to stay alive, mm. which is what I feel like they project a lot in Hollywood. It's like, no, why don't y'all pick up that show? Oh, that's why. Like, for example, Insecure, mm-hmm. love it. East is amazing. Yeah. I love that. That whole show is about her dating and being awkward because there are a lot of people like that. Exactly. Atlanta, same shit. Our show, same shit. Grownish. Very similar. Grownish, but I heard amazing things. (laughs) It's great. And it's about Zoe in college living her life, dating, going through trials and tribulations. I love Blackish, so I know I'll probably like that one. Yeah, like, it's actually really good. And, you know, like, Blackish will touch on some stuff, but they they do it for an episode. Exactly. And and they do it right. It's it's not, like, harsh and, like, let us get and show you this video of someone getting beat to give you the full effect. It's met with a a touch of levity, which I think is what we just need it's so depressing in actual real life mm-hmm. that we need something to turn to in tv i, I mean people right. can look to tv as to one or two things i think is either uh to have it mirror real life or to be escapism mm-hmm. and i think with having the president that we have uh we right. need somewhere to escape yeah. to absolutely and we need something that's a little bit lighter something that is a little bit uh away from the harsh realities of life and mm-hmm. speak to the day-to-day stuff that isn't so damn tiresome and scary. <laughs> right, because I feel like every day, like, we wake up and we're exhausted before we get out of bed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, all we have to do is look at our phone for two minutes, and it's just like... Of just, like, negativity or trauma yeah, or trauma, so and, like, it's so toxic. And we're in such a day and age where, like, people are just angry and are just... Just 
wild with yeah. their anger and they're hiding behind accounts to exactly to, to say their anger and to exactly. feel better about themselves when it's like no take a moment and like do some soul searching go talk to somebody because there's really no reason for people to be online being so disgusting and so hateful there's really no reason for it mm. it's just it we're in this like day and age of like People think that being mean is a joke when it's like that's, I don't get that. I don't either. It's they like, think it's like I'm just being I funny. Was, that's I, my personality. Right. No, like that's not, not a per- a that's not a personality. <laughs> what you said is not a joke. Where's the punchline? Where's the ha ha? Because that was rude somebody. as fuck. And you're insulting. <laughs> and then they want to act like it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just being petty. And then, no. No. And it's just like it also gets that's on my nerve funny. too. Like for example, we have like Ari Lennox and Summer Walker mm-hmm. and I think it's no name are all talking about like quitting the music industry. Industry yeah. Because the way that they treat like black women artists, it's like Summer Walker clearly said, "I do not do well with big crowds. Yeah, I get anxiety. social anxiety like a mug." Yeah, and she's chilling with her man, being silly for y'all. Oh, and I then y'all, went, I thought you, you were shy. You over there shaking ass. Right. Do, 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 do. Lord. Y'all sit up here on Twitter and on Instagram talking about mental health this, mental health that. We stand for you, black women this, black women that. And then when it comes down to it, y'all doing this bullshit. It's like people are such hypocrites these days that it it just don't make no damn sense. People don't know who they are anymore. No. People are being fed an image of what they're supposed to be or what they're supposed to look like or what's cool or what I should wear or like what's going to get me the clout for this or how much engagement can I get on this post or how many likes am I going to get? Well, sorry, because they're taking likes away. But like it's... It's too much. It's like people want to be famous for nothing. Mm. That's why everybody's getting on TikTok. Literally why people are getting on TikTok because they can get to a million followers in six months. If you're white, you can do it in three. Yes, if you're if you're a nice little white girl with blonde hair, yeah, and like and, yeah. Can, and has a little rhythm, oh, just a smidge, just a smidge, yeah. just a little bit, mm-hmm. just can find the beat. Don't yeah. even have to be good, but can like yeah. just find a beat. Mm-hmm. Oh, you good? You will have a million followers in three months, three months, maybe less. Crazy. But if you're a white boy with some abs, two weeks. Oh yeah, two weeks. It's crazy, and it's like, but they're famous for doing nothing. It's like you get on there doing karaoke. Pretty much, it's like you're you're doing you're doing drag shit because yeah. you're lip syncing. You know what I mean? Where some people will create content, and yeah, those content creators will be known for content creators. Right. But like that's it's hard out here. You know. well, oh, okay, like oh, oh, you made a video for Instagram and TikTok. You get paid now because it's does TikTok pay you? How does this work? I don't know how any of it works. I, it's I, just weird because then, like, you know what's crazy is these same people do these meet and greets after they get a million followers you know, and start charging yeah. $200. They have it's live like, shows yeah. of just them yeah. doing nothing and mm-hmm. just them hanging out with a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. for some reason. I for nothing. I watched the whole do- what is it, Jawline? I think it's Jawline. It's a documentary on Hulu. And it's about this kid named Austin who's trying to become TikTok famous. And like all the work that goes into it, and like they him, made a documentary about that. Yes, because it's a whole business. It's I a throw this whole phone. business, I throw it. 
And what's crazy is like some of these teeny boppers who are like actually like famous and shit. They all they they all start on TikTok and then go to YouTube. That's that's the thing is they go from TikTok to YouTube and then they have their followers like Logan Paul and like all them motherfuckers. They started on Vine, so it's like the that's same shit is going from TikTok to that. So it's like they're doing TikTok to YouTube, Vine to YouTube. And they have all these like fans and followers of them just doing dumb shit when it's like, this is not a job. This is not a fucking talent. Like, you're just entertaining us, which is fine, but say that. Don't say you're an actor, a model, this, that, and the third. Say you're a content creator and you're here for entertainment. Are we still rolling? That's it. Sure. Yeah. Like, what you do is not talent. It's not talent. I just want to make sure the camera still was rolling after you and just. just <laughs> Just read the whole whole uh, uh, the earth. Uh, um, I have some feelings. About this. <laughs> just just a couple. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just trying to finesse the system, but it, just, it doesn't work. At this point, us. it don't. That's why well, I get frustrated. I'm and like, listen it. here. I'm it. trying to finesse, and my finesse ain't working. But it's working for you. How? How? It's not fair. <laughs> but also, like, I I tried to get into TikTok, and you know, I have some videos online and mm-hmm. they're kind of funny but like also at the same time it's just like I don't have the time nor do I care yeah. to please y'all that's I really thing. don't I'm a human being just like everybody else and that's the thing that people forget especially with like these celebrities and shit mm-hmm. like people who are really like well known mm-hmm. how people want to like pop off on them all the time but then all of a sudden they're a victim when they pop back, pop off back how we're in this whole like this whole world where everyone wants to spout off at the mouth, but as soon as they get like reprimanded for that shit, oh you a victim. Oh we're we're bullies. Oh we're xenophobic. Oh we're this. Oh we're that. Oh we're all of a sudden we're homophobic. I'm gay and I'm homophobic apparently. I mean if somebody's like, talking how? To, if somebody's talking shit to you on the street, you're not just gonna let it slide. Exactly. Exactly. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about jokes and all that shit. It's like, no, you mad because I'm calling you out now. That's what it is. Because you're you're sitting behind a fence thinking no one's gonna say no shit to you. That's the biggest thing. It's like Y'all sit behind accounts with no photos. Y'all ain't following nobody. <laughs> and the people you are following, y'all following thousands of people and don't have no followers and zero posts. And the and the little AVI is not you. It's of your dog or like Squidward or like That's Squidward. Yes, we will be putting dumbass shit. You know, Squidward's getting his own spinoff. I'm excited. I am. We need it. We need it. That's for adults. I'm telling you, that show is really for adults. (laughs) Because it took it took us to get to be an adult to really understand Squidward. Because I'm like, man, I feel Squidward on so many levels. Like just not wanting to be by anybody. (laughs) Yes, yes. Dealing with customer service. How he be dealing with it in the crab in the was the crabby patty? He had to clock in and clock out and go home. Yeah, yeah, very much that. No smiles either. He ain't getting a smile out of me. Right, right. he ain't getting a smile out of me. Okay, not today. Um, <laughs> on a lighter note. <laughs> We did, we did. I'm so sorry. Yeah, very, see what I'm saying? I get very passionate about some things. <laughs> it's a Scorpio. It's a whole word, and I was here for all of it. Yes. I, it, it's, this is gonna make good content. Yeah, we're content creators. Yeah, we are. We are we're being content creators yeah, today. Full circle. Yeah. Full circle. That's where that con- yeah. uh, conversation was leading. Gross. You just didn't. <laughs> um, 
I have one last game. Yes. I want to know because, I mean, I feel like Dear White People is such a great show. Um, it speaks for itself. We don't have to talk about it on and on and on forever. But I do want to get to know a little bit more um, with this little game. I call it Dear My People. Okay. Um, and really, it's just a fancy way to say uh, superlatives. Since you <laughs> okay. all, you know, do the whole school thing. I just wanted a cool name for it. Um, <laughs> but you know how people have superlatives and you guys take place on a college campus. So I want to know, uh, basically, I'm going to throw out uh, a most likely to or a particular uh title if you will okay and okay. you will tell me uh the actor or actress that that quality best matches their character or them them the person we want to know about oh, okay. we want to know about the behind the scenes stuff <laughs> okay. that we don't get to see we okay. know the show the show is amazing we okay. want to know about you and the rest of the cast because you're all right great okay let's do it okay. uh it'll start pretty easy okay. uh class clown duran duran lionel what was what's the what kind of clownery does he get up to? Anything. If we're all if they call cut, he's doing something silly. Something he it's it's very entertaining. I will say that and he he's very good at turning it off most of the time. Okay. <laughs> when it's time to work. But like when that cut is like just to get his he'll start dancing or do impressions. Uh-huh. Like so, prank he's just set. silly. I want say so much pranks not so much there's something because there. there's there i don't i don't know if we did pranking type you know what i mean that makes sense so it's not really like pranks. a set full of black folks yeah we you better not play with me too we ain't much. pranking like that. <laughs> i get that. we ain't pranking like that <laughs> uh most likely to run for president Ooh. i'd say ashley ashley okay. or brandon okay. yeah i can Why? see either one of them um. First of all, I think Ashley would be a great president. I just yes. love, I just love her energy, and she's such a leader. Um, she would be really good. Uh, and I could see, I could see Brandon doing it too. Yeah. 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 Maybe president and vice. Maybe. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Nice little pairing. Yeah. Um. Ooh. Most likely to slay the Met Gala. Ooh. I'm gonna give it to Griffin. Who plays Deontay? <laughs> I recently started following him. I'm gonna give I it to Griffin. It. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to Griffin because he's been slaying the carpets lately. Yeah, and I'm ex- listen. I'm excited to see when he's actually at the Met Gala because he just booked the uh, the flight attendant with Kaylee Cuoco. So y'all yes. can catch him on HBO Max yes. coming soon. Y'all best watch my friend. So yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm so excited for him. Because that's such a good role. I auditioned for it as well. So, mm. like, knowing that one of my homies got it, I'm just like, you know, there what, you you're go. Doing. You know what you're doing. I'm next, but you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Proud Everybody wins. That's, that's what's I, just, I love when my friends yeah. win. So, that's how I'm really proud of him and really excited for him. Because he's going to be so great. Like, the day I met him on set for Dear White People, I was like, oh, I love you. And Aww. we just met. You're amazing. <laughs> Like that's that's dope. it was great when yes he was one of the best additions to DWP this year. I'm excited to see where his character goes as well. For yeah, season. yeah, same. I I think we've only just begun with uh, what we saw this past you know right. volume three. Right. He he took us on a ride. He's in, amazing. In the different scenes. And the, he's yeah. amazing. I yeah. love Griffin. He's my favorite part of this season. I'm sorry, y'all. There you go. He's my favorite part. 
He's dead. <laughs> There's no taking it back. Um, most likely, most likely to win the lottery and lose the ticket. Nia. <laughs> Nia. Is she like a little uh, like uh, clumsy or like forgetful? Not or? even like clumsy, but she's sometimes all over the place. Oh, okay, but it's okay. I'm like that too. I, I just feel I feel like for that question, I feel like she would win and then misplace the ticket <laughs> for sure, for sure. And it probably would be in a place that is out in the open, but she, for some reason she can't see. And she's gone past a thousand <laughs> times and hasn't even seen it. Yeah. I'm that girl too. She is uh, me. I am her. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm very similar in the same sense, but for that question, I think it would be Nia. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, most likely to survive the Hunger Games. Ooh. You know, that's a good one. I would say, I'd say maybe Logan. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yes, Logan's Logan. Kind of a badass. Okay. Yeah. I'd say Logan out of everyone. Yeah. Logan or me? Yeah. I would say well, I would yeah. survive. I would survive too. I can see so that. Me or Logan for sure. For uh, sure. Last but not least, um, <laughs> I don't even know what this means. I googled some <laughs> funny superlatives. Uh, most likely to invent a new form of social media. Ooh. Who's like taking the best selfies and always on their phone? Who guys it all figured out with the tech world? Um, I mean, I'd probably have to give that one to Ashley. Ashley. Yeah, she's yes. the one who I see most on socials and who does the most with her socials. So. Ashley coming in strong on this yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, you picked some right. good Ash questions. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> You know what really pisses me off sometimes though, I'll tell you, but hmm. anytime, like I remember when I was, uh, when I first saw the trailer, cause I had a friend who was uh, in the, in the trailer mm-hmm. for uh, Dear White People and I was like, yeah, that's my friend, that's my friend. <laughs> and I was like trying to scroll down and comment, um, mm-hmm. you know, being so happy for him. And I saw a whole bunch of people, they still don't understand that Dear White People is not like the show that's bashing white people. They're so mad at it still. To this day, we still get the same comments that they were getting when the mo- before the movie even came out. That's the thing. It's like, y'all, we've been around for three seasons. You're a fan. Watch the show so you mm-hmm. can calm down. Because you're a fan. Because you're obsessed with us. Stop it. And then I get people in like my DMs. There are people who made like hate pages. That's weird. It's very weird. It's very weird. There's some strange ass people out there who have too much time on their hands. I mean, like, that's all the internet, really. To be whew, quite honest, it's like you sat here, made an email, made a Facebook account. Also, you could make a new Instagram to not post shit on it, but to talk shit. That's stand behavior. It is. It's stand behavior. It is. It really is. Uh, <laughs> but do you want to know what I'm a stand of? What? Your art. Ah, thank you. See how I did thank that? you, sir. I, I like did. that. Uh, pivot. Yes, yes. <laughs> I feel like, uh, I mean, I, I know you for your acting, of course. Yeah. Um, but when I started following you, I realized how amazingly talented you are in other ways. And I, your artwork is incredible. Thank you. Like, thank you. Did you go to school for that? Like, what? No. Like, the, <laughs> like, I'm just. 
I'm taken aback because it's it's really dope. Thank and you, you have something coming up. With, uh, it's Holiday Rock. Yeah, it's like, called it's- Holiday Rock with Raw Artists. It's on December 18th at 7 p.m. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's a 21 plus event that is going to be with 60 plus different artists, ranging from music to fashion to photography to multimedia, like I do, paintings, and it's just. I think there's performances, I want to say, even nice. dance performances nice. and like films and yeah. So it's just like a night of art and there's drinks. So it's like a, it's like an art party and everything is like for sale and you know, it's a great, great time to come shopping for Christmas. Yes. So I'm excited because I'm excited to see the other artists that um, are going to be there as well. Uh, it's it's a crowdfunding event, so the artists are the ones who are selling the tickets to raise money for it, and gotcha. they do raw artists specifically. I want to say does about fifty different uh, shows a year, mm-hmm. but in different states. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they go all over and find different spots, and with the crowdfunding thing, that's how they pay for it each time so and you're going to be selling your art there yeah i'll be selling my art it'll be the lowest prices that i probably will ever have because you can just take it yeah. you know whereas online i have to up price a little bit gotcha. so that i have to get my shipping boxes and ship it and, and this so is all, that stuff's big <laughs> is this all new stuff that you're painting now yeah. or is it yeah. really so i mean i have i have a couple of my older pieces um I still have two of my my pieces from the first gallery that I did, which was to all the fucks I never gave. And I... Uh, Such a good time. I was going through it. I was in a very depressive <laughs> wow. state and was not giving a fuck about anything in my life. Nothing. And then eventually I just was so depressed that I was like, I just... I need to make something. I was like, let me make something. And the first thing that I made was this like piece that just said fuck. And then I made 12 of them and put them all on the wall and had my friends come and view it and had a whole gallery and sold them all. When was this? That was in January, February, maybe March, beginning of the year. Of this year? Yeah, this year. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was when I did my first gallery and then uh, started dabbling in a different um, style of painting. I've been doing... Uh, fluid art is what it's called. It, or so it deals with a lot of um, like pouring and uh, uh, like creating cells. Okay, you said fluid. I thought something yeah. nasty, but I yeah, got you. no, no fluid <laughs> art. So it's like it's like a type of like abstract art, if you will. But I also I'm also really big on like lines and colors, mm-hmm. and I. Uh, I really like abstract art, and that's kind of my style, is mostly abstract. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> I feel like you, you guys definitely got to go see it. Please. It's December 18th? Please. Yes, December 18th. At 7? At 7 p.m. 7 it's at Exchange LA, downtown LA. You can go to his Instagram, yes. all the social media. On my Instagram, and- if you click on the link, please, if you want to come, buy a ticket through that link. Because if you don't, I don't get credit for it. And mm-hmm. I need all the credit I can get. So, <laughs> if you want to come, please buy a ticket at the link in my Instagram. I hope yes. to see everybody there. Yes. <laughs> support this wonderful, amazing, talented man. Please support. Uh, 
Go to the Holiday Rock event. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. You can I'm catch excited. Dear White People on Netflix, of course. Yes. All the seasons, and there's going to be one more to come. Fourth and final yes. season coming soon. It's going to be fire. I'm excited. Yes. And chat with journals on chat with journals is on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you want to go on YouTube, you can join Ancene Ampersand S E E N Productions. All the episodes are on there. If you join their channel for one ninety nine, you get all the episodes. So, yeah, check it out. DM me once you watch. Yes, I love hearing people's reactions. Yes, it warms my heart. Thank you so much for talking with me. I really do appreciate it. Support this man. He's so great. So humble. So down to earth. And again, so talented. He does everything. Truly. I don't know how you get anything done. Like you Ah. how do you you sleep? I don't. You know, you don't. I actually have a terrible sleep schedule. I wake up every like three, four hours. So So make sure you do everything you just said so this man can get some rest. Yeah. That's why I take naps. I'm always waking up in the middle of the night. I always feel old when I take a nap, but I always feel better after it. Yeah, no, I'm like, no, I I'm a baby. I need my nap. That's a better way to look at it. A baby. I am a, a baby. baby. I need my nap. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me.